But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. Dude, dude, <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. you got to execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win any volleyball games. That's what we do here. This is the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is Monday, July 24th. It is episode 80. Ever next week, uh, it'll be episode 81 for the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. We've got to do something special for that. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. And speaking of executing to the best of your ability, congratulations to the 2023 men's VNL champions. Poland have we don't won suck anymore. the VNL at home. Congratulations, we don't Poland. You have won the 2023 Volleyball Nations League. You have defeated my United States 3-1 to in the finals in Gdansk. Obviously, we'll get to the USA in a little bit, but congratulations to Poland. To be honest, they were the best team. They played the oh, best volleyball, handsome. and they deserved it. They, they were definitely the best team. It was like watching a tsunami, uh, especially in that semifinal and that those final matches. It was just that like the finals, they were absolutely dominant. Um, I don't think the USA played that bad in the finals. I just think Poland was just so damn good. Uh, it was finally the Polish team that we've expected, been expecting, you know, it's finally that that grouping of all stars that you're expecting to just bulldoze through the competition, and that's exactly what we saw there. Uh, like they got better as the finals went on, and hats off to Poland. Love seeing them play at the top of the game. It's so much fun to watch, and it really sets up things nicely for the rest of the summer and heading into a massive Olympic year in, in 2024 because they are looking good right now. Yeah, they, they put it all together. I mean, we were talking ever just before the show that really on paper, Poland should be the best team in the world. They, they, they oh, should yeah. be a, a serious contender, and they should have a great chance to win every tournament they ever play when they bring all the guys. And they did. They brought all the guys. I thought Nikola Gerbic did a phenomenal job uh, you know, managing that roster. It's always a tricky thing to do with Poland, considering how amazing they are and how many – like, do they, they have – I think that they were saying on the broadcast yesterday that of the 30 players they named to the preliminary roster for the VL, they used 27 of them in the tournament, which is crazy, crazy. There's no way there was another team that used that many. And to, and all of those players could have honestly like contributed in the final. That's how good Poland is. That's how deep their program is and making the right choices on who to, who to use when and where is really, really hard. And I think that Gerbich figured it out. I mean, I think we got to start talking about the outside hitters. First of all, Alexander Schliefka was the best. He was the best of the five outside hitters on the roster. It wasn't even close. He was absolutely amazing, had a legitimate MVP case. I think he was above 40% efficiency in total for the three matches in the final, which is ridiculous. But what they settled upon by the end, uh, by the end of the gold medal match, was Schliefka and Fornal. Is that the answer, Everett? Is that the answer for the Polish outside hitter position, or is it more complicated than that? There's no one answer, right? Like, it would be the same thing. Like, like truly, I look at this Polish team almost like, like a hockey team. You've got so many different uses for each of your guys, and each of your guys are all-stars. There's never going to be one answer, right? There's never going to be one answer with this team where it'd be like, this is the blanket thing that's just going to beat everyone else, right? This isn't a video game, right? Different guys are going to play differently on, on different days. 
right? Poland has that ability more so than anyone else to look down their roster, down the bench and just be like, yeah, you, 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 and you, and, and we can pick anyone, but no, there's, there's no, there's never going to be an answer, right? Because there's so many variables on, 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 on so many different days, right? In the same way that like Poland's going to lose games in the future, right? They're going to lose semifinals. They're going to lose finals. Like it's, it's, it's not all one thing. There's, there's, there's no one answer. Leon started on the bench in the semifinals, then came on uh, and was absolutely unconscious, right? Shufko was, as you said, the most consistent player. And I think the fact that he wasn't the MVP, either him or Kuzmarek, is an absolute crime. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I know Rob's has certain feeling about that. And he's been having a, social, a field day on social media and on Discord about that over the past, like what, like 16 hours since, since that, that final happened. But yeah, no, there's there's no one answer for this this Polish team, right? It's it's not like a Canada where like we look down the bench and we're like, we've got five players to choose from, and we're trying to find someone to fill to fill that last hole. No, as you said, they used 27 players, and all 27 of those players would have been legitimate contenders and 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 players on 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 other rosters, any other roster, any other roster, right? Like this is Poland volleyball right now is Team Canada Hockey, is Team USA Basketball, is, I mean, I don't know soccer as as well, like England soccer or something, where you just have a wealth of guys to pick, and it's all about that chemistry, and it's all about who's who's performing on the on those days. So, yeah, it ended up with Fornal, and, and Slivka Fornal is a guy that we saw very little of throughout, throughout, throughout these finals into the end, and it, and it worked out for them. Uh, I think that's the beauty, and... That's the the malleability of of that roster, something that I think we should be seeing from Poland, right? If, yeah, exactly. Like, I know Kurek Kurek suffered an injury. Everyone was saying because he got like absolutely can't. Who was it that canned him in the semifinal? Onorato twice in a row in the in the yeah final. Yeah, yeah. Onorato exactly. That those two massive blocks and every, there's people in the Discord being like, oh, you know, Onorato shut him down. It was like, no, he got an injury. But like, that's the case. Like for me with Poland. If Leon isn't playing bad, and you put in Fornal, and Fornal's scoring. You keep Fornal in, sure. Right? Like there's, there's, you're not losing anything really between having those two guys in. It's not like I was playing club one time and I was having a good day, but my coach told the other guys like, "Hey, I need you to pick it up because we can't make the finals with effort in the middle." And you know what? He was right. Like there's, there's <laughs> none of that. There's none of that happening out, out here with Poland. They're just so damn good, um, and 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 they they really should be. I mean, I think. One of the unsung heroes uh, throughout all of this has to be Janusz and 100%. the way that he r- ran that offense. And you don't need someone when you have so many. And I'm not going to say, like, when I say egos, it's not in a negative way. And I know when I say, when people say egos, it's usually taken in a negative way. It's not in a negative way when you say you have a lot of egos. You have world class athletes all around you. you. Guys are at the top of the game in, in so many different facets. You need to find a way to balance that out and make everyone happy. And I found, I thought Janusz did a fantastic job throughout the, the entirety of the tournament. But also just, if you look at the buy-in, like this was the tournament where I felt like, you know, like the, the Polish team was like the closest together and there was buy-in and there was a, there was a unified goal of like, Hey, we need to win this. We're playing at home. We haven't won a major competition in five years, like in half a decade. We've got the best team on paper. We are the best. We need to go take care of business. And that's exactly what they did. Those are two takes that I was exactly about to bring up. One, Janusz was brilliant. The only thing you need to know is that Poland hit 53% efficiency as a team in the semifinal against Japan and 43% efficiency as a team 
in the final against the United States. And the only thing that you can look at with those numbers is to give the setter a ton of credit. I thought Yanish was outstanding. And yeah, the buy-in. I was I was about to bring that up. The only way that this this thing works for Poland with all of those world-class players only playing sparingly in different situations and reacting to matchups and who's playing well that day. The only way that works is if everyone buys in. That is the only way that that works. And I think this is the first time that we started to see really a lot of those Polish guys, top to bottom, one through 14, and then 14 through 30 on the roster, buy into what their role was going to be and trust Gerbich's decision-making on who was going to play when and where, and it worked. It really worked. We, we actually saw all five outside hitters over the course of the final. Uh, I mean, Schliefka played, I think, every point. But we saw saw Leon start against Brazil. He was okay. We saw, like you said, Leon came off the bench against Japan, was unbelievable. Bednor started against Japan, wasn't that good. Fornal, we didn't see at all until the very end to win the gold medal. And Schliefka, or sorry, and Semenyuk, we saw sparingly here and there to serve and play some defense. Like, all of those guys got used. All three middles got used. Uh, Both opposites obviously got used. Uh, we saw a, even a little bit of, Gre- of Gre- Gregor's Womach for some reason, um, but th- that's that's the buy. That's the that's the one little mark there on that roster uh, that we're kind of, kind of kind yeah. of questioning on. And, still don't get that you know, one, and still honestly don't. I honestly might think that Popivchak might be legitimately a better libero choice than the guy who ended up winning MVP of the tournament, but can talk about that in a minute uh yeah I mean, the, the, I, I, of the buy-in the buy-in was there and i don't think this polish team works without the buy-in and now that they've to. bought in they've seen the success look out the rest of the way if they continue to trust the process like that and trust garbage's decision making poland will be the favorite to win every tournament they ever play in yeah man i mean they should be right, right. They, they should be when you look at this roster you've got two guys specifically in Kirik and leon who will go down at you know, two of the best players in their position and just two of definitely two of the best players of their generation, um, Hall of Fame type guys. And then a bunch of other guys who are world class. Like, you know, we've talked about this outside group and every single player on this team plays for one of the best clubs in Europe. Right. No other no other team has that. They're they're just they're just truly that good. And I mean, we saw it like the efficiency is Japan. What was it? Like 53 percent is a team. Was That's ridiculous. Disgusting. Crayon coming in off the bench and going 21 for 29. Like it's almost like it's almost like Leon is better when he comes off the bench for Poland. You know, like he gets to start off a little bit relaxed, then gets to take the jacket off and 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 come on in because you know that's kind of what what happened there. Twenty three points in in that semifinal, he was absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, I'm I'm happy for Poland. Um, I'm happy we can kind of put this like choker conversation to bed. I also think the choking conversation. Is a is getting way out of hand, especially oh, totally in the Discord. Especially in the relax. Discord, people are being like, like all of a sudden, like any time a team starts losing, oh they're choking, oh they're they're choking, oh this what such a choke show. Like that's what that's what sports are, right? Like it happening in one match, going on a four point run and then losing it isn't choking, right, guys? Okay, our our Discord needs to come back back to life a little bit. Um, I wish we had mods. So if someone started choking, calling choking too much, we'd put someone on like a 30 minute timeout or something just because like, <laughs> yo, 
it's 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 just it's it's a little too much right now but yeah. it is getting out of hand big big ups to poland also fantastic organization that's what the finals deserves oh, although the crowds there were there were 8500 people at the usa versus italy semifinal which which like poland wasn't even playing in it and they, it was and they had already played yeah it's but, amazing the way that the people showed out and and how good that event was except well, for a a couple very notable volleyball world things, but as as far as the Polish Federation goes, ten out of ten job. Yeah, for sure. I do think that it was very interesting to me to see like the the crowds for non Polish matches though were very pedantic. It seemed like a tennis crowd, and even like the DJ wasn't playing songs. Like the vibe in there was very different from the non-Polish games to so the actual what? Poland At least there Poland are, beggars can't be choosers. At least there are people there. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and complain. I do like when, when they, a lot of times when the Polish crowd has non-Polish matches, they end up doing the fun little thing where they mimic the, the, the up official, which is hilarious. Like everybody in the crowd is like, you know, pointing their arm out to the side, signaling the serve. They, you know, they, they award the point. They say out of bounds, whatever. They like do the exact same thing that the up official does. I always think that's really funny. Um, I, if there's going to be 8,500 people at a game in Poland that Poland isn't even playing in, we have to stop the conversation right there because that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, I guess so. I just want to see a little bit more. Like, it, for me, it was mostly the in, in crowd stuff. Like, it would be like the DJ wouldn't be playing anything and it would just be like, quiet as they were going up to serve. I was like, guys, like, let's, let's give a little, let's give a, a little, a little bit more, more here. But Not Rob, worried about it. Rob, your team USA made it all the way to the finals. And just like we talked about, I personally don't think they played that bad. This this picture is actually really bad because they look they look pissed off and mad there on that, that podium. They look disappointed. Rightly so. They're competitors, they're they're high, they're high-level athletes. These guys are the elite of the elite. And I think they had a fantastic tournament. And once again, they didn't play poorly in that final. It's just hard to play against that that tsunami of a Polish roster and the way that they were playing yesterday. All right, yeah, I've got a couple takes on this. I, obviously, I'm a gigantic American fan. This is my second favorite sports. This is my second favorite sports team in the world in any sport, behind only the Green Bay Packers, and that is that is really saying a lot for me. So I, I'm a, a ride or die USA men's volleyball fan. I love these guys. I, I they're number one fan maybe in the world. And I, of course, I'm bummed that we didn't win this tournament after finishing number one, the preliminary round. And I mean, this is the, uh, the last four VNLs. We've took the silver medal in three of them other than the, the bubble year. Like we had 2019 Chicago and then last year and this year. And silver medals suck. I mean, everybody, everybody who's gotten to this point or has, has had their team at this point knows that you would way rather win bronze than silver. You'd much rather win bronze and silver because you're finishing the tournament with a win. You're in a celebratory mood for the awards ceremony. And the American guys are pissed off in this photo. And rightly so. They got beat in the final by a better team. And I think that's where we got to start. Poland was unbelievable in the final. They served the lights out. They were incredible in the middle. Kaczmarek was doing his weird Kaczmarek stuff, like throwing balls inside the block. And we didn't have an answer for it. And I think... Uh, when, when we play Poland in Poland, it is going to be difficult to win that match no matter who you are. So, we'll, And we'll talk about the final more specifically a little bit later. There are, there are a couple huge positives here. One, we clapped Italy in the semifinal. 
And we'll talk about that later as well. But we completely embarrassed the reigning world champion in the semifinal, like 1918, 19, three dong, like completely destroyed them, played the best match, maybe the highest level match of any one team anywhere in the entire tournament in dismantling, completely dismantling one of the best teams on the planet. And that is huge because had we been like, if maybe if we had lost to Italy and, and ended up winning bronze, for example, we would probably be feeling more positively about the United States because their last match was a win. But I think we need to put just as much emphasis on the clinic that we put on in the semifinal. And if well, anybody, you, it was amazing. Do you think anyone's feeling badly about the USA right now? I I just think people are people want a win. This this is America we're talking about. This is United America. States sports, and we want gold medals. And I and I get that. I also want a gold medal. And that's, I think, the question is with all with three silver medals in the last four VNLs and, you know, no medal last year's world championship. And we haven't won a tournament since 2015. We're so close. We're one of the best three teams in the world. I, I think right now we're the second best team in the world behind only Poland. But where do we go from here? Like, what do we need to do to actually get over the hump and win a major tournament? And is is the window closing on this particular American group in the time that they are capable of winning a major international tournament? I think that that question, the answer is yes, the window is closing Uh, more than half, much more than half of our starting lineup is over the age of 30. I think that actually six out of the seven guys are over the age of 30, only TJ DeFalco, who's 26. The window is definitely closing here. And I don't know what the answer is to get us over the hump and win a tournament, but the, the level is clearly there it's not like the moment is too big for us Uh, i think like the moment at the olympics in 2021 was too big for us we absolutely crumbled under the pressure in that tournament but the last couple tournaments that we've lost like we lost a five-setter to poland last year in the world championship when two out of our seven starters played like trash and we lost a four-setter here in the final to poland again in poland against a 10,000 person crowd where matt anderson wasn't very good and poland played the match of their lives like I, I can't fault the U.S. that much for not winning this tournament. We played unbelievable volleyball up until the very, very last match where we lost to a better team. But where do we go from here to win a gold medal at a major tournament with this group? Our only chance coming up is next year's VNL and next year's Olympics. And then I think we're really going to see this group start to break apart a little bit based on age alone. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I think having a second opposite that will actually really help. That is a huge question mark right now. And uh, Matt Anderson was unbelievable in the quarters and the semis, but he definitely ran out of gas in the final. If, if we can give him a little bit more of a break in the France game, for example, maybe if, if Gabby Garcia Fernandez next year comes in and can keep that level high enough to give Anderson a break, that that I think would really help. But other than that, and uh, and ditching the all red jerseys, by the way, which are the worst look, the worst look in USA volleyball history, by far, by far the worst looking American uniforms this year I've ever seen us wear. It's 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 embarrassing, and I hate it. Other than that, I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know where this team goes from here. We just gotta, I mean, keep putting ourselves in position like we did here, and maybe catch a break and not play the best team in the world on their home court when they're playing like a like like on fire. That's I think all we can ask out of this team, there isn't that much more that we can do. We played unbelievably good volleyball. Sometimes it's just sports. Sometimes That's it's sports. Exactly. 
Exactly. Sometimes it's sports, man. It, sports it are sports. That's there's a reason. Right. There's a there's a reason why we play this game, and I think you're right. Like the USA has done an unreal job of of put of putting themselves in position to win. Right? They've got a, a, a silver last year, a silver in tw- 2019, a silver or a bronze in 2018. There's only one edition of the Nations League where they haven't medaled, and that's going to be the bubble year in 2020. The bubble where we we punted the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. And then you look. Um, at the uh, like you know, bronze at the World Games or the uh, Olympics back in 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 2016. Uh, when you look at the World Championships, um, bronze once again back in in 2018. This team has been there time and time again. But you're right, Rob. When you look at it, it's just they've been amongst all of the elite teams, like the the Brazils, the Polands, the Frances, the Italys. The U.S. is always kind of that odd team on the outside looking in, and it is interesting, interesting to see. And you know, it's I hope for for your guys' sake that you're able to win something in the next little bit because I look at what's coming through the pipeline for USA, and I'm a little worried for you guys. I like I I won't lie, right? Like the best the best player that you guys have coming through your pipeline is Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who's Puerto Rican, right? Who yes, he he played in the NCAA, but he's technically not American. And let's be honest, it's not like he's been doing like he had a great first year at Lube, but kind of fell off the map map a little bit. Does he an exact replacement for Matt Anderson? I don't think so. Right. Um I do think maybe it was a bit of a mismanagement from Spraw. If I have one criticism from from Spraw, is it is that mismanagement of Matt Anderson, right? If you don't believe in Jake Haynes, why is he there? Why bring right. him? Why, why are you point. bringing him, right? Ensign brought this team to a silver medal last year. Why isn't he there? Kyle Russell has one of the hardest serves in the gym. Why isn't he there? Why are you guys investing so much in, in a Jake Haynes who hasn't really played since week one in Ottawa? Like, what, like what's what's going on with that? Like that's the only criticism I can I can have through all this because yes, you look at Anderson's numbers from the the quarters, from the semis, and that extreme drop off that he had in in the finals. Like they game planned the shit out of the USA, and the problem is is that they don't have that much that much more to offer. Hell, at one point you had Thomas Jaschke on the right side. Uh, out there, right? So, why, if if you are going to get into a final situation, why is it that you are going to other positions first to grab a guy before your your second opposite? When you have guys on the wings back home at Anaheim training, like Kyle Russell, like Kyle Ensign, who have done it before and who I think are, have bring much more quality to the table than, than Jake Haynes, right? It's completely. It, it it really is too bad because I think that the USA. Um, executed so well, so, so well throughout the entirety of the tournament, but just weren't able to make it happen. And uh, you you really have to wonder if this might be one of the best American teams ever that won't, wanna, won't have won anything. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. This is the literally the exact same team that won the 2015 World Cup with the exception of, I, I guess, David Lee is the only okay, player well, that was... It was World there for the matter. Well, I mean, back then it did matter. That that absolutely mattered in 2015 when we won that thing. Uh, and the 2014 World League, same thing. It actually is the same team as that as those groups. But all this time later, 
all these guys are in their 30s all these guys like a handful of them anderson smith holt like may or may not make it past paris i would say probably not and it would it would be it would be a disservice to how great this team has been for them to not walk away with it with any major hardware since 2015 and I, and I just don't know what else there is to do other than have Gabby Garcia Fernandez be the clear second opposite because I agree with you I I mean I my my thoughts on Jake Haynes are very clear but why yeah <laughs> why, why would you bring him if if you if you're not if you don't even have the faith to use him and I actually kind of liked the Thomas Jeschke sub in the fourth set yesterday when we were down huge in the fourth. Matt Anderson yep. wasn't playing well. You didn't have faith in Jake Haynes. Obviously, he wasn't going to be an X factor. Put in Thomas Jeschke, do a little three outside hitter thing, throw a Hail Mary, kind of like we did in last year's VNL final, putting TJ DeFalco on the then it brought us back into the game. Throw a Hail Mary, see, see how it works. I don't hate that at all. But I think the longest Hail Mary was not taken. And it has worked for you guys in the past. It worked for you guys in the quarterfinals. And that's the oh, one no. only Mr. Garrett Mongotia. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> hey, no. man, I'm just saying. Don't even say it. 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 So we'll, we'll we'll talk about the final in a minute because yeah there there are definitely some numbers to break down and some things about the matchup that I do want to point out but uh, the the last thing I have on on the U.S. before we move on is last last year at the World Championship when we lost to Poland in five in the round of eight and T.J. DeFalco played like hot garbage and got benched for Garrett Mangatutia and Jeff Jendrick played like hot garbage and didn't get benched and we allowed Poland to hit like ninety percent efficiency through the middle and still lost in five. Could you imagine if Thomas Jeschke had been on that roster? If Thomas Jeschke had been on that roster to come in for TJ instead of Garrett, and ha- with how well TJ- with how well Thomas Jeschke played at this final, starting all three matches, playing for Aaron Russell while he was sick the first two games, with how well Thomas Jeschke played, he was so good. Having that third outside hitter be a legitimately world class player like like Thomas Jeschke was this tournament. Can you imagine what it might have been like had we had him at the World Championship, man? That would have been – it would have been a completely different story. And, and we, I, I mean, we talked about that then. You know, like we, we, this, this, is a, this is a conversation and topic that we brought up last year that right. they were missing and we, Thomas Jaski. Right. And we didn't have him then, and we had him now, and he played lights out when Aaron Russell wasn't available. And and he made a gigantic difference. And without Thomas Jeschke, we don't even sniff a silver medal. So I wanted to give him a shout out as well because it's good to have him back. It's good. It's good to see him playing great. I, I've always loved Tom Jeschke. He's a Chicago guy. He's, I played against him in high school. He's he's outstanding. He's he. It's great to have him back. He's hugely important for us. And I just wanted to give him a huge amount of credit. And again, say like, man, you never know. Last year, what what could have happened had he been on that roster? Uh, every time Rob mentions that he went to high school or played high school against uh, Tom Jaschke, drink. Um, but you're 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 absolutely right. He he was fantastic, and it it, it really is too bad for for this American team. But it it was going to be too bad for someone, right? And it's it's two teams who have had a historical tough time and maybe a lot of should have ones over the past decade or so and, and, ha- and haven't been able to. Well, right. Rob, from one, one of them was going to get it into the other one. It's, it's sports. It's just yeah. sports. It's, it's just sports. Well, Rob, from two teams that have been there time and time again to a team that has finally reached an FIVB podium, 
you know what? A few couple years ago when we first started this show, I didn't think this was possible. I didn't think me praising Japan the way that I have been and loving the way that they play so much like I have. But Japan wins the bronze medal here. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since they won a legitimate FIVB medal. And I'm going to call this like legitimate. I don't call the World Cup or the World the Grand Champions. It was like Cup. the Grand Champions Cup bronze. Yeah, that's not legitimate. That does not count. This does. Those, those, this 100% those don't count. World Champs, Nations League, FIVB, you know, like, like Olympics. That's what I'm looking for. But this has to be hands down the best version of Jap- the Japanese men's volleyball team I have ever seen. Ever. Ishikawa is a legitimate top five outside in the world. And in my books, he might be the best outside in the world. It's between him and Shlivka over the past of, like, in in terms of my all-star team, uh, outsides, like, I have to give it to Shlivka and and Ishikawa. Ishikawa was absolutely lights out. The way this team plays um, was fantastic. Sakita, there was a a time last year where I was making a top 10 list of setters, and I put Sakita in there, and you laughed at me. Right, I sent you my list, and all I got back from you was, ha, 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 ha. why would you have Sakita <laughs> on there? And now, like, dude, that dude's top five. And the way that they were able to bring in Kento, for, first and foremost, if we have any Japanese fans in the chat, or you can let us know afterwards, is it Mia Ura or Miura? It is Mia, it is Mia Ura. Yeah, there Mi, are no Mia vowel Ura. digraphs in Japanese. Okay, yeah, okay. Mi, Mia Ura. Shout-outs to him. He was amazing. The way... The way he came in, and I mean, Nishida started getting a little bit injured. People are a little bit worried, but man, you're just adding more depth. And I mean, like, you're really not like losing that much between Miura and, and Nishida. You got two lefties who can just bomb balls. But man, this Japanese team was so much fun to watch. They they truly deserved it. Um, I mean, hey, they even took a set off of Poland in in that semifinal. Almost took a second set, man. Oh, oh and oh. Exactly. They almost went up two to zero. That would have changed everything. That would that would have changed everything. Love to see see their battle. I mean, they went up two nothing. It looked like it was going to be a three dung. Italy came back, was pressing for that reverse sweep. Uh, I really like how Philip Blaine managed that. As soon as they were down by a lot, let's get everyone out. We're just going to yep. get the bench in. We're going to rest the starters, except for Ishikawa for some reason. I'm wondering if that was kind of a play on his own where he was just kind of like, nope, like, like, just let me go. I need to be out here. I need to keep my momentum going because they brought everyone in and big ups to this Japanese team because they truly deserve it. They like, I think when, when you look at this tournament, there was four, four elite teams. All four teams made the semifinals and on any day, any of these teams could have won. I think Poland had the largest chance of uh, chance of winning, and they, and they took advantage of that. But once you got past that, those quarterfinals matchups, anything could have happened. But so much, so much respect for this Japanese team and the way they they conducted themselves throughout this tournament. Yeah, it's I mean clearly a huge, huge, huge deal for Japanese volleyball, and you can see the way that they reacted after winning that fifth set, and and the way that they were celebrating on the podium and yeah meddling for japan is a big deal and they do deserve it absolutely they absolutely deserve it they they played great volleyball they're incredibly fun to watch ishikawa is a superstar and that that bronze medal match clearly meant more to them than it meant to italy and that that's that's totally fair japan needed that japan needed to feel that legitimacy that comes from winning hardware at a major tournament and they did and there's like 
Not the, I have nothing, nothing bad at all to say about Japan. Absolutely nothing bad. They, they deserve it. They were excellent. They were fun to watch. They're well-deserving of a medal. Now, I think the question becomes, where do they go from here? Are they, are they a contender for podiums moving forward? Are they going to medal again at VNL next year? Are they going to medal in Paris? Uh, are the, what, what's going to happen in the quad after that? I mean, that, that remains to be seen. I, I still would say that they're not in that medal contender group for the Olympics. I, I, think, that, I think that group is the USA, Poland, Italy, and France. I think that they're in that next group with like with Japan and Argentina. I think are those next two teams. That's assuming that's assuming that Russia doesn't get brought brought back into the mix. But uh, yeah. Japan, I, I'd say I think they just improved their world ranking to fifth, and that's exactly where I have them. Exactly where I have them in the world right now is fifth, and that but. They are going to be a player. They're always going to be a difficult team to beat. They're amazing in first sets. They win the first set of basically every match they ever play. They're, they're so good, like right out of the gates to immediately start a match. It's very hard to beat them early. And they're, they're incredibly fun to watch. They deserve this medal, absolutely. Are they a medal contender for the Olympics? I would say no. But uh, I would they, disagree. Okay. I, 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 would, I would really disagree. Like This is a, a Japanese team that we've seen get better and better as the years goes on and this isn't a usa situation where you've got a group who's been together a long time and they're maxing out their potential like they are getting better and this is a young squad like this is this is a young group uh, a young group of of japanese players and more so than before i've always found that like like regardless if it was 10 years ago or now if you didn't show up against japan you were going to regret it Right, they've always been able to execute. They they, they always have a high level of skill. They're they always never well, play down. They never they, play they, down. They never ever play down. But now more so than ever, they have that ability to put pressure on teams and sustain it with their very like very distinct style of play. Um, they keep balls like they serve absolute bombs. They keep balls alive. They're really really good inside out. Once you start getting into uh, a situation where you are like getting into longer rallies with them, we talked about this last episode, that's when it starts benefiting them. Um, and it's funny that they beat Italy so handily in that, in that bronze medal match, because I, or not so handily, but the way that they did, because I found that Italy is also one of those teams that like are, are good in, in longer rallies. They've got a high, high level of skill. But for me, like this is when you look at some of the guys, how they're standing up on this team, like a guy like Ran Takahashi, who's young, like even. Like how how old is Ishikawa? I think he's like twenty seven, maybe. Right, like this this is a not an old team when you look at this this Japanese team, and I think that that little bit of belief is just going to spurn them on a little bit more. I absolutely love how they've been playing with the middles. Onadira especially had a fantastic tournament. They run him on such quick tempo, and it really opens up everything. I don't think that Japan is a medal favorite at. But by any stretch of the imagination. But to me, when I look at the world rankings, there's about six ish teams that I think have a chance at at always always winning. Um, obviously, Poland, USA, Italy, Brazil, France, and Japan. That's like I, I think Japan is is in that group and can beat teams. I mean, like they they just did, right? They, they just, just beat. Yep. They just beat Italy in in that bronze medal match. The only team that they didn't really play over the course of this tournament too was is the uh, was the United States, which which I would love to see. But I think 
the biggest difference from this Japanese team now compared to past years is that you have these guys who are playing overseas. You have these guys like Mio, Mio Uro was playing in, in Poland this year, no? Like you have Ishikawa. Yep, he's back up for Bentara at, at uh, Shivalki. Exactly. So like, uh, um, like you, you have these guys who have been playing in, um, in in European leagues and getting better in those leagues and being, you know, being superstars. Like like Ishikawa is now a superstar in the Italian league, and those things are only going to get better. So, do I think that they're a medal favorite? No, but I absolutely think that they're a medal contenders, and more so than Argentina. De- de- definitely, definitely more so than Argentina right now. Yeah, I, th- I think them and Argentina are five and six in, in no in no particular order. I think Japan five or yeah, let's let's go with Japan five, Argentina six, and where, then Brazil, where do you put Brazil seven at best. Brazil France, is uh, four. France four, yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, Poland one, USA two, Italy three, France four, Japan five, Argentina six, Brazil seven. That, that's that that's my list right now. I, th- I I do think that that'll hold up pretty nicely in the next. Uh, throughout like Olympic qualifiers in 2024 and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, Japan deserves this and they have taken a huge, huge step in the Olympic medal direction. I mean, I would have never even thought it was, there was a chance a couple years ago and now there is, there absolutely is. They continue to improve and they deserve it. So congratulations to them. So yeah, once again, not medal favorites by any stretch of the imagination. I think the medal favorites are going to be the top three. But they're in that that next group of the guys who can really push, you know, that that group of teams who can really push, push the 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 uh, metal favorites. And Rob, from one metal hopeful to one metal favorite, Italy, much like last year, finding themselves on the outside looking in of these final VNL standings, losing a tough one. It looked like they're going to be able to pull off the reverse sweep there in the bronze medal match ultimately falling short what's our what's our initial thoughts here on the italian fourth one don't panic they have euro volley coming up they have the olympics next year they're going to be a favorite for both so so don't worry about it however two yuri romano was terrible terrible really bad negative efficiency against the united states uh, not good against japan in in the bronze medal match let me see the numbers yeah, 14 for 35, 29% efficiency. That's okay. Didn't serve the ball well. He was not good enough. And uh, and if they have one position of weakness, it is opposite. And then the third thing is Italy should be a better reception team than they are. That is something that I've got my eye on. I didn't like the way that Micheletto and Lavia received serve in this playoffs, other than the Argentina game, which they, they completely, completely destroyed. But Italy got served off the court by the U.S. in the semifinal, and their teams, their team reception numbers in the bronze medal match: thirty-five percent positive, seventeen percent perfect. That's not good. That is not good. That is an area that they've got to get better in. And they, um, so those are my two areas of concern: opposite and reception. If if they if they're able to figure one or both of those things out, they're going to be just fine. But the, don't worry about Italy. I, I they easily go out and win Euro Volley in a month or two. But uh, those two particular areas of weakness, I do think they've got to look at a little bit. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree on the serve receive part of things. Um, this team this team plays a style where they need to be in system, right? Yep. They they need to be in system more more than they are, uh, especially against a good serving team like like, like Japan. And especially against a, a team like USA, right? This is a skilled team. 
all of their outsides are, are really good. None of them are fantastic, right? There's no guys that I truly feel comfortable just jacking up a high ball to time and time again and throw a match and be like, okay, just go get it and win it, win it for us. So I okay. am okay with that for their outsides. I, I totally am okay with Micheletto and Lavia out of system. I'm not okay with Romano. That's the difference is they don't have the opposite that they can chuck out of system balls to that won't hit into solo blocks or flail the ball to the back wall all the time. That's, but, that's my issue. But the thing is with, with Romano too is that let's be honest, when we think about the European Championship back in, in 2021 and the World Championships last year, who was the guy that showed up big for them in those big situations? Yuri Romano, right? When we look back at what was that needle that put them over the edge in, in, in those matches, it was Yuri Romano. And we've talked about this before. He's a big game player, right? When he's feeling it, he is absolutely on fire. He's big from the baseline. He can be big from the right side. But I agree with you fully. It's not consistent enough. If you can only pull those out in the biggest of games and you can't get to those big games, it's it's not worth anything. So I'm really like, the chat is going off about Bovalenta. I haven't seen him play. I, I haven't even seen clips of him, so I can't really speak to that. But maybe you get him in there. Maybe you you you, you check things out. And I think the other big question mark I have for for Italy is they have the depth but they just don't use it they don't use it yep. you have Riccardo Spertoli sitting on the bench what's going on right why he didn't was play he, a match the whole tournament he 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 got in did he get no he didn't get in in the the, the bronze medal game and he didn't get in in the semifinal either he like, like cracked a couple points maybe against the U.S. when they were already getting stomped not even not even he he has no stars beside his beside his name here oh, really? on uh, uh, on volley station. I thought I saw him on the court too, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Yeah, he's there in the third set. Anyway, okay. Did, oh yeah, oh, didn't didn't, so didn't play nearly enough. This is the top ten setter in the world, and you're bringing what? him to all these to, to all these weeks, but you're not using him. What? And that's the other thing is it so the Italian fans have been saying like since they got fourth here that like oh it's just VNL. We don't care about VNL. VNL is not a big deal. We don't need to win this thing. If you don't need to win this thing, why are you bringing the A team? If you're going to bring the A team, you might as well go win the tournament. If you're going to play all the starters weeks two, three, and the finals, you might as well go try and medal. Well, otherwise, what's the point? What's the point of bringing all, all your world championship starters if you don't care about the way that they're being used or the way that they're performing? So take this tournament seriously if you bring the guys. If you bring the guys to an international tournament, you should go and use them to try and win the tournament. So, Italian fans, don't pretend like this isn't a big deal. It, and, and I'm sure that Italy will be fine later in the summer. I know that they care more about Eurovolley, but if you bring the guys, you should play better than you did in this tournament. You should play better. You should not take fourth place at two VNLs in a row when you have all your starters there. So, you, you can't just say, oh, it's, oh, it's VNL. It doesn't matter. No, no, it is not that simple. You have all the guys. You should have played better than this. You should have. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think taking a fourth at VNL is that much of an issue. It's how you do it, right? Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you take two fourths and you're the defending Euro and, and uh, world champs, and you take two fourths and you go down swinging hard and you lose to, to better teams and you lose to maybe not better teams, which is better teams on the day. That's fine. And I do still more or less think that that's what happened here. But I also think that there's some, some things to look at now for, for this Italian team. And maybe that maybe that's a good thing, right? They regroup, they reset, they look forwards towards Euros, which let's be honest, 
is arguably like it's 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 arguably a harder tournament and arguably is a much bigger spotlight, right? I don't think the average oh, Italian so, citizen, citizen gives a shit about VNL. I think they care a lot about the European volleyball. I, uh, I agree so. with that. I, I think if for any European team, it goes Olympics, World Championship, Eurovolley in that order. Eurovolley is definitely a bigger deal than VNL. But again, if you're going to bring the starters, you need to play better than this in, in a medal round. You need to play better than this in a medal round. Yeah, for sure. But uh, hopefully that that will light something underneath their butts um, moving forward. Now, Rob, let's talk about maybe not the worst thing in the world. Oh but no, some of, some of oh yes, I know you get you get incensed about <laughs> these things uh, at the end. The All Star team was questionable, but first and foremost, before we get to that, why the hell couldn't we watch the award ceremony? Oh, the world, not, not world. only. Not only is it so weird the fact that like someone just shows up with the trophy and just shoves it into the uh, shoves it into the celebrations once they win, but then they just cut the stream. There was no need to see who was going to get a, 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 an all star anything. Let's just cut the stream all together. No, no need to see it. We're done with Clayton Lucas. Cut it. It's done. <laughs> that was a huge, huge, huge gaff on the part of Volleyball World TV. I cannot believe. That, that, that they screwed that up. And it, it is available now back on, if you want to go watch the award ceremony on Volleyball World TV. But who cares? Why would you want to watch it now? I, we ended up, somebody put us, gave us a link in the Discord to watch the Polsat broadcast of it, um, which was hilarious because of the Polsat commentator's reaction to Pavel Zatorski being named the MVP of the tournament. He, Zatorski himself was stunned by that. The Polsat broadcasters didn't even know what to say. They did not even know what to say. The Polish crowd didn't even know what to say. They, they, they barely even reacted. It was, it was astonishing to pick. A, now, I'm, I have nothing against Liberos being eligible to be named MVPs of tournaments. I absolutely am all for that. Like the one that Sergio won, I think 2016 Olympics absolutely well deserved it wasn't just like a ceremonial honor there because he was riding off into the sunset he was actually the best player in that olympics and he deserved it when you are a libero and you're deserved of an mvp great zatorski wasn't even the best libero in this tournament he was objectively the worst of the three liberos that were on the podium i I put it on instagram i did the math shoji and yamamoto both smoked zatorski statistically it was crazy that he was even named to the dream team much less the MVP, that should have absolutely gone to either Kaczmarek, who had the best gold medal match, or Schliefka, who had the best finals tournament. If you're going to name an MVP, and that comes with $30,000, that matters that you, that you give it to the right guy or to a guy that deserves it even a little bit. What are we doing? What are we doing giving it to the third best libero in the tournament, not even the best libero, much less the best player? Come on now. Eric Shoji should have been on that spot at Libero, and, uh, and Marcin Janusz should have been the best setter because he was. Other than that, Ooh, I, even I, over Micah. Whoa, yes. Wait. Whoa, yes. Wait. Whoa, Mar- Marcin Janusz did a better finals tournament than Micah Christensen did. I'll be the first one to say that. Absolutely. You saw Poland's efficiency numbers as a team. Marcin Janusz deserved that spot. I agree with the outsides. Schliefka and Ishikawa absolutely deserve to be the two outsides. Kaczmarek absolutely 100%. deserved to be the opposite. If, if, if Anderson had had a better match in the final, then he would have been the opposite because of how good he was in the first two rounds. Uh, Smith in the middle, 
okay. Uh, he was good the first two games. He got torn apart on the block in, in, in the gold medal match. Kokonovsky, all right, fine. I would have given it to Biniak, even though he got hurt in the gold medal match. Um, and then we already talked about the libero. This is not a good dream team. I also don't understand why for the women's dream team, we gave three to Turkey and three to China, where for the men, we give four to Poland and two to the USA for silver. There's clearly no standard for that. But the biggest problem here is giving an MVP of the entire VNL to the third best libero in the finals. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially with Cuba. Um, the fact that he got subbed, he got two points in the semifinal and got subbed out. Um, like he didn't even like Galassi being in the dream team for the world championship last year, getting benched in the finals. It's just crazy yeah. to me. It's 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 to me once again. It's just people who haven't really watched and be like, Kukanovsi, he's good, right? He's 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 a good player. People people won't question it. Yeah, let let's just let's just go with him. Um. The Satorsky tournament was the worst part of Team Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think oh. that Pol- Poland, I mean, Poland won the tournament, but I legitimately think they, that they would have been better if Popichak had played. played. And uh, so the last thing I want to say about this dream team is that everyone in the Instagram comments, all the weebs who, that, that might be another conversation, is how is the, the percentage of coverage that Japan has been getting for winning bronze compared to Poland for winning gold. Everybody in the comments has been saying that Ishikawa should have won MVP of the tournament. First of all, you have no idea how this works. The MVP goes to the winning team, except in two cases. One was where Kurek and Wallace shared it in 2021, which was the dumbest thing, or sorry, the second dumbest thing ever. The actual dumbest thing ever was in 2019 when they made a clerical error and accidentally swapped the MVP and best opposite awards. They gave MVP to Matt Anderson and best opposite to Igor Kliuka, who's not an opposite. So that was that was clearly Kliuka's MVP award in 2019. So the MVP goes to the winning team. If you want to, if you want to win MVP, get to the finals. Get to the finals, and then then you'll have a case. Ishikawa deserved to be on the dream team, but not past that. I love how we're the only sport that a clerical error will decide. Um, <laughs> God, we're wins. so embarrassing. We're so embarrassing. And it's so I someone saw someone post in the Discord about how many posts are on the volleyball world Instagram about um about Japan than about Poland, right? Like it literally like right now it goes like Poland, Poland, Japan, 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 All Star Team, Poland, Japan, Japan, like USA leading up to it. USA, like they they just really blast people with 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 Japan. Like it's, was, it's really like that's that is their only target. It's just Japanese fans, and that's that's all they go for. And I like Japan, man. I I they deserve the bronze medal, but I'm not gonna lie. I was rooting against them so we didn't have to deal with this exact thing that we're getting right here. But we'd be getting it regardless. Right? I, I don't think Ab- we'd be getting you, if they finished fourth. I, I, if oh, they finished fourth, absolutely. I don't know. No, I don't you think do so. You do know. You know 100%. You know that if Japan would have lost yesterday, it would have been like, let's give it up for the fourth place Japan who fought valiantly throughout the entire tournament. Like, yeah. you know that would have happened. You you know that would have happened. Like There would have been something like that. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> it's it just it's it's already written in the script. You know, like that TikTok trend going on, going on <laughs> yeah, right it now. It's already written in the script. Um, uh, so. Oh, wait, oh, the, oh, there's something I brought up. I, oh, I brought this up either yesterday during the bronze medal match or during the, the Italian semifinal. I can't remember which, but it's very important to remember. I don't think enough people are talk, talk about this every year. The only reason that the VNL exists 
and and the only reason that the core and challenger team idea exists is so is because of Italy. It's because of the Italian men. It's because of the Italian men punting, like playing the B team, the, the 2017 World League, getting relegated, or they should have gotten relegated. The FIVB couldn't have that. So they created a brand new tournament and created an immunity bubble around the Italian men so they couldn't get relegated. So Italy, if you're talking about not caring about VNL, this tournament exists because of you. I am so, uh, I am going to push back on that because I know that's been how? a popular I'm let me finish and I'll tell you um, like, I know it's been a popular narrative, but I also remember like hearing about that, that change being made to nations league throughout the world league in 2017. Like I remember that, that conversation happening during world league in 2017. And if those conversations were already being ha- happening throughout the world league in 2017, then like they, they, they didn't just start there. They didn't just start there because the, the volleyball world or the FIVB back then pa- saw Italy like not doing well and panicked, right? I know for a fact that for years before they were looking at ways of bringing together the World League and the World's Grand Prix because they were actually two distinct competitions with two different sets of rules and, and regulations and all of that. So I don't know if that that is for a fact. And I guarantee you, almost guarantee you that if we were to talk to someone from the FIVB, they would have been like, no, like that's ridiculous. These these yeah, things sure. were, these these things were in play. Like you don't you don't plan an entire international competition like this in eight months or in, in like nine or eight months. Like like that do, just doesn't happen. Fine, but so, like ask, asking somebody from the FIVB to tell us the truth about this would, would not give us the real answer. But uh, just another another little jab at Italy for finishing fourth for the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, hey, you can finish fourth at VNL if they go back at if they go back to back at Euro Volleyball. No one will give a shit about this fourth. We'll see about that. Okay, so let's talk about some of the matches. Let's break down some of the matches. We could start with the gold medal match. Poland wins three to one. Uh, they they get they they stave off a U.S. comeback attempt in the first. I think we were down. I think we were down twenty four twenty one in the first, and then uh, brought it back to twenty three twenty four before DeFalco missed a serve out of a timeout. Then. Um, we came back and won the second set, which was enormous. Uh, came brought, back down by like four or five or something. Yeah, we were, like, 16, was, yeah. We, we were down 16-12. We were down 16-12 in the second, and then uh, Sparrow put Aaron Russell in for Jeschke, which I, I was uh, questioning at the time. I thought thought they were going to put him in for DeFalco, and Sparrow even said that he didn't know who or for whom Russell was going to go in. But he did. He changed things. We came back and won the second set and, and made a match out of it. But after that, it, we – it. It kind of got out of hand. We went down huge early in the third and fourth sets. Um, too many unforced errors. We could not slow down Lukasz Kaczmarek. Absolutely everything he wanted to do worked. All his stupid chiseling off the block wrist away, throwing the ball through the block, two hands, tips, and everything that he did worked. Kaczmarek was what? 25 points, 23 for 35, 54% efficiency. We could not slow the man down. Poland, 43% efficiency as a team. That is way too high. I was not happy with the United States blocking. If there's one thing that I want us to improve, block discipline was bad. We could not slow down anybody. We got carved to pieces in the middle. The three middles combined, even after Biniak got hurt and Huber came in. Um, Let's see. The middles combined, 13 for 20, 60% efficiency. We and Smith, zero blocks, Holtz, uh, three blocks, and none of them were against the middles. And um, 
Averill in limited action, uh, one block, I think. No, zero blocks. We, we absolutely had no answer for the Polish middles for the second straight you know, key match in a row. Same thing for the World Championship. So those are my two complaints is couldn't stop the middle for the U.S. and couldn't put up a disciplined block against Wukash Kaczmarek. But again, Poland deserved this. Poland played unbelievable. They deserved it. Yeah, it was it was very much like Poland was a natural element in this match. You know, yeah, they looked comfortable. It, it, they looked comfortable. They looked good. It's this is, this is to me. It seems it's going to be break, a bit of a breakout tournament for Poland. You know, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like when the Heat finally won with LeBron. You know, they, they choked at first, and now they, they're starting to figure it out. That's what this Polish team is, is reminding me of. Because, once again, I'll say it again, I don't think the USA played that poorly. They just had to deal with an absolute tsunami on, on the other side of the net. Um, and at the end of the day, I also think that, like, American volleyball, and I think this is this is true for North American volleyball in, in general, and I think Canada does it maybe just to a bit of a lesser extent, but the sum of the parts is always like the, 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 the sum of the whole is always is always better than the, the sum of its parts. What, whatever it is. You guys are better as a team than you than you do have individual athletes because like I think your starting lineup through and through other than Micah Christensen, you might not have like a, a, a legitimate superstar in any of your positions, a player who's potentially regarded as best player in their position. Sorry, Micah and Eric Shoji. I think yeah. Shoji needs to, be, needs to be given that. But like on the outside, you have a bunch of guys who are like A-level outsides, but maybe not A-pluses. Like the same thing with Anderson. He may have been an A-plus at one point, but he's not necessarily an A-plus anymore. And it's just, you know, at the end of the day, Poland might have been a 91 overall. You guys might have been in in, in 88, but that's that that three point score is really what's going to make that difference there when you're when you're when you're simulating these matches on you know volleyball 2K 2024. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, people in the in the chat are talking. Poland also served the lights out. Poland serve was incredible. So, really, the whole the whole tournament they were they were tremendous from the service line. They had seven aces, and I think almost all of them came in the first two sets. They they really were tearing the cover off the ball from the service line early. And that was the case through the entire finals. They served Brazil off the court. They served Japan off the court. And then they served the U.S. off the court. Their serving was great. Now, is that we, we talk about serving being volatile. We'll see. Uh, give them a month off. Send them to Eurovolley and see if that level of serving keeps up. But at least at least for this tournament, uh, Poland served the ball incredibly well. They definitely won the serve and pass battle. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that take about the just the American team being where the whole is greater than some of its parts. There's another thing that I, I think this is a bigger problem on the women's side, but a little bit of a problem on the men's side. The U.S. women are way too focused on their own side of the net. The U.S. women are exclusively focused on executing their own side of the net. The U.S. women don't seem to pay attention at all to, to the opposing matchup. I think the U.S. men have that problem a little bit, definitely to a lesser extent. Like they, the, Clearly, they, they, they study film. They do the research. They they do the best they can to to prepare for what the opposing team is going to do but i also think that just the 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 conversations in timeouts there's so much about executing on their own side instead of how do we stop these guys that are that are tearing us apart right now how do we stop Lukash Kaczmark with what he's doing how do we side out the, these particular servers how do we get Mateusz Biniak off the service line how do we you know capitalize on Poland's weakness in rotation one perhaps like how can we play better to the matchup of our opponents 
a much bigger problem again like i said on the women's side for the u.s but that's a conversation i would like to see us have more how do we think our way around the opposing matchup in addition to just what we're doing on our side of the net do you feel right and this kind of goes back to our conversation earlier do you feel that right now like without without a pro league with with everything that's against men's volleyball and just volleyball in general in the states do you think that you guys are almost maximizing what you have right now because that's that's almost my sense you know like there's not much like this team it's performing at the, the highest level on the highest stage. And I'm looking at it and being like, I don't know where, like what's, what's the next move or where else to go. Like uh, other than like, you have to go into look at like, to like deep systematic change within American volleyball. You know, I think uh, like first point is doing a great job getting, you know, more States involved, but ultimately you're just maximizing everything you have in front of you at the moment. I, I do agree with that. I, like there, there isn't a simple fix to start no. making us a, a like an instant gold medal contender at every tournament because yeah, the the you got to think about the circumstances that we're dealing with in American volleyball are so 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 much worse than every other elite team in the world. It's actually almost okay. hilarious and it's pretty and pretty amazing that we are continuing to produce this elite level world class volleyball. Like the, the the circumstances that these guys are having to deal with on the other side of the world from their home country coming back to their home country and turning around and going to VNL in less than a week, like having less than a week in the gym with their national team teammates and had just having all the, the difficulty that you have as an American male volleyball player. And there is a lot, it is hard to be a men's volleyball player in the United States. You have no resources. Even your governing body doesn't really care about you. It's hard. And then to, to get us from that that you know that that podium to that gold spot would probably take systematic gigantic change that the that the federation is not willing to put in. So that is a, that is a much it is a much bigger conversation. But yeah, I, it's yeah, like we've said, I don't exactly know how like what sort of a change you can make with this group to take them from silver to gold. I don't really think there is one. I think we just got to keep playing our best volleyball that we can, and that is very very good volleyball. And maybe just catch a one lucky break here and there. Maybe get a better matchup. Maybe get a team who isn't playing their best possible volleyball at home in a gold medal final. Like it's 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 just sports. It does it does feel like sometimes you guys are bringing a, a, a spoon to a gunfight, right? Like it's uh, it's you just you just don't have enough enough there. And especially when you look at just no pro league, you're not. It, you're not attracting the best athletes. Hell, half the states don't even support it as a high, as a high school sport. That's that's a that's a much larger conversation. All right, do we want to move on now? Anything else about this gold medal match? Move on now to the bronze medal. Honestly, the bronze medal to me was much more exciting uh, that this, this this finals match. Um, I Italy... don't agree with that. <laughs> I think the the gold medal match was was a better match. The the the, the level was higher overall. I mean, the sure the, the bronze medal match went five. The, the the gold medal match was a better match. You think so? Yeah. I, like I, it just it just felt like like there was very like even after USA won that second set, it was more of a it wasn't a okay we've got a match now. It was more of a. Okay, let's see if they can they can they can push back here. Whereas, like going into that fifth set, I didn't know what to expect. You know, like yeah, that's I, true. I, I I didn't know what what we were what we were going to expect. And like, let's be honest, 
it was really close to being 1-1 after that first set. Italy was up by like six points and then just really started making a lot of errors. Like they made more errors in this one uh, than Japan did. And that was a big thing to it. Um, but it was, it was a back, it was more exciting. Sure. The level, I agree the level of play, like the execution was maybe higher in the finals, but there was very little drama through it all. Or whereas for me, there was tons of drama here, uh, in this fifth, in this uh, five setter for the bronze. Yeah, that that's fair. Uh, yeah. Italy's, Italy's unforced errors were another storyline, but again, like we talked about Japan crushed them in the serve and pass battle. Sorry, Japan had more aces, less service errors, and passed the ball better in every category. And that that was huge. Like you said, both of these teams actually are kind of weirdly similar. Japan is is to the extreme of the speed and the skill and the defense, but Italy has elements of that in their game too. They're amazing in long rallies. They are incredibly skilled. Um, And like you said earlier, Italy does need to be in system to play the way they want to play. And for the most part in this match, they weren't other than the third and fourth sets, which they won convincingly. But in the fifth set, I mean, Japan ran away with it. Japan had a three point run to go up six to three, then a side out and then immediately a four point run to go up ten to four. And that was it like the And that was that was Italy's errors and failure to pass the ball very well when it mattered the most. Yeah, I mean, Italy blocks the crap out of all 13 blocks here in, in this bronze medal match. And you know what? That, that's I'm going to add to what you were saying. Yes, they, they play very similar. Italy prioritizes the block, whereas Japan prioritizes the defense. That's just a physicality difference between yep. the two. Um, some of the digs that Japan was making, like with Sakita and Yamamoto out there, like, bro, it is Amazing. absolutely ridiculous. And the transition offense, like, Sakita is so precise that like missing a missing a set for him is so rare. Like missing the location on a set, like seeing his see like oftentimes, especially in transition, you're gonna see hitters from other teams have to tip the ball, have to go off speed. You just don't see that with Japan, just because Sakita is so smooth. He has the nicest hands. Um and yeah, they're, they're just so much fun to watch. I really like this matchup. And I think this is a matchup that's going to produce a lot down the line. I think there's a bit of a mismatch when you look at Poland's overall power style compared to Japan's style. Like, I think that's, you know, like, if there's, there's the worst team for Japan to play is Poland. And in, in my opinion. We so, have, or, or even though we haven't seen it, I think the United States United matches States. up really well against Japan as well. You're, you're right, because they play very systematically, but still have like a lot of athleticism and, and a lot of power. Um, but still, like if I really like this matchup between between it, it, Japan and Italy, and I think it's going to produce a lot of high-level matches uh, in, in the next little bit. But I would have liked to see Japan push back a little bit. Like It does seem like they got pushed in the uh, third and fourth set and then just kind of lied down like let's bring in let's bring it bring in iro and the rest of the bench and we're going to just gear up for that fifth the fifth, that fifth set well fair enough it did work for him so uh, i also i don't know if we we've given nearly enough credit yet to tomohiro yamamoto the japanese libero <laughs> uh, an, another guy that that could have easily been included in the dream team i mean ishikawa was always going to get it and you only get one guy for winning bronze but yamamoto may have been the best libero in the tournament his 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 reception numbers actually were the best. They were just barely better than Eric Shoji's and and defensively and just the hustle and the the the, the playmaking ability. I like sure there are there are some statistics for liberos like reception and we don't really get dig stats and all that much detail. But 
I like to look at it and just like in watching a game, I like to I like the term difference making liberos. Is your libero making a difference? Pavel Zatorski, not a difference making libero in this tournament. Tomohiro Yamamoto, absolutely a difference making libero in this tournament. And I think we gotta give him a huge shout out. I agree. I would I would push back a little bit to say that I don't think Zatorski wasn't a difference maker. I think he pushed the needle a little bit, but I just don't think he pushed it as much as someone like Shoji or Yamamoto. Like difference making is a high bar, and I don't I don't think that Zatorski got there. I think I think he he had an impact absolutely. Like there's there's definitive plays that I can remember in my head of like him making big digs and 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 stuff like that. But however, I will agree it wasn't on the consistency level of Yamamoto. You don't have to be aware of Zatorski on the court like you do of 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 Yamamoto. I think we're, that's we're, well said. I think we're really really like starting to see, especially other teams, like their hitters will go up and purposely swing away from Yamamoto just because he can get on get at anything. And I love his attitude too. Like a ball falls in front of him. There's no like slamming the floor. Like there's no getting upset. He'll just get the thumbs up and regroup for the next one and, and prepare. Like Yamamoto is a black hole. If you put the ball around him, the chances of it coming back up are really, really high. And I, I love, I love seeing a libero affect the, the, the game the way that he does, even in terms of like, Obviously, I'm I'm not. I have no idea at all about what he's saying. But the way that he interacts with his players in, in that back row, the way he he's aware, like they when they get out of system and everything gets messed up, he doesn't just play his spot. Like there's been a few times where something has happened on a pipe. You know, either Ishikawa or Rand have to go play five, and he drops into six seamlessly, like just by looking over his shoulder really quickly. He has a level of awareness, and and like the the pillars of volleyball to me are serving passing focus and awareness and i mean one of those he doesn't do altogether, but the other three he does fantastically like his 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 focus and awareness on the game are are so so good and i think he just because he plays so calm um there's that that one clip that i posted on the old instagram earlier this year of him just like kind of sticking an arm out and passing like someone bombs a serve he just sticks an arm out and passes it uh, like a perfect dime like he's just so skilled and he just doesn't think about it like he's he's so good He's got a, just just a little bit of those Grabenikov like like unconscious instincts, and then that combined with the speed and the technical skills is something pretty special. So yeah, I got to give Yamamoto a shout out. Um, speaking of Japan, let's talk about their semifinal loss to Poland, dude. I thought Japan was going to go up two to zero. I really, I, I really thought that Japan was going to somehow manage to steal that second set. Like it I got into too. overtime. It got into overtime. Poland was up by one. Leon had two great swing chances in transition to win the set. Didn't kill either of them. Japan ended up getting the point. I'm like, oh man, this is it. Japan's going to go up two to zero. But Poland was able to escape. They then didn't really look back from there. I mean, Wilfredo Leon off the bench. Oh my goodness. 23 points, 21 for 29, 66% efficiency. And like there were clips of him hitting against Sekita. And I just felt bad. I felt bad for Japan. Like, come on, what are you supposed to do when you're like 5'9", trying to block, who I still think, in my opinion, might be the best player in the world? Uh, they once, once Poland was able to figure out that second set, they didn't really look back after that. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I did feel that Poland was the only team to start unraveling Japan a little bit, especially once we got into that third or fourth set where – they just started putting on so much pressure that we were seeing Japan 
look a little discombobulated in transition and like there's there's certain things that are such tenants of japan's game that like you get in transition you get in a broken place and they immediately know where to go like there's no question there's no there's no broken place in that in, in that way and yet we were seeing that you know just kind of confusion on free balls and where is everyone supposed to go they started making errors yeah that a couple of those miscommunications that there was, was there was, there was a, japan Exactly. And to me, that just came down to the pressure, the sustained pressure that they, they were feeling from Poland. And like that's 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 it for Japan. They're a tough egg to crack, but if you can crack them, then you're that's when you really, really start rolling, as we saw in that fourth set that was set at 17. Right. And I think we saw it a little bit with Italy too in the bronze medal match where it really started cracking them. Although I do think part of that was, was due to fatigue uh, as well. Like it's been a long tournament, but we really started to see some of the seams of Japan's game against Poland because Poland was just putting so much pressure, especially from the baseline too, and really just, just going after them. And we saw them. That was the only time really was the end of that Polish match where I saw Japan lose their heads a little bit. Yeah, just I, I couldn't have said it better. I, th- I think Poland did a fantastic job applying the, the the consistency of pressure and the type of pressure to make Japan uncomfortable in a way that we hadn't really seen them any other time in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, to the other semifinal now, where you guys may have had your best ter- match of the tournament. And Definitely was the best match of the tournament. I, You're amazing. And, and you know what? I kept on... I kept on waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? I kept on waiting for something to happen where Italy was going to wake up and start playing good. I was waiting for something to happen where for the USA was to start to falter. And it just never came. It, it never happened. Um, and I think that's twofold. A, Italy just wasn't there. And then no. B, you guys just never, like, you guys just put your, your foot on the pedal and, you know, Let's just what's what's that run where you try to drive from New York to uh, to L.A. as fast as you can? Oh, like, Route 66. Yeah. No, there's like a, a special like I forget what it's called. Someone in the stats like it's like a, a special thing where you, you're trying to do it as fast as possible. And people are like shattering oh, the records during COVID. Sounds terrible. Uh, uh, yeah. Like, a, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, a cannonball run. That's exactly it felt like the semifinal was a bit of a cannon, a cannonball run for you guys. Just like, let's start the car and let's just fucking go. And we went, we went, uh, Matt Anderson, 17 for 25, 64% efficiency. One of the best matches I've ever seen him play. We blocked 10 balls, five against Yuri Romano. Romano was terrible. Negative efficiency. Uh, what was it? Four for 23 with six errors. Ouch. Uh, we served great three aces, only nine service errors in three sets, which I was really happy about. Um, 42% attack efficiency as the team. I mean, what more can you say? I, I agree with you. I, I like when we went up to zero, I thought that we were going to have a France situation like we did in the quarterfinal where where Italy was going to change something drastic like France did and then come back and make a match out of it. And it just never happened. Just never happened. But that's, but that's the big thing. Italy didn't change anyone. Nothing. They didn't bring, didn't they didn't bring anyone in. They didn't, they didn't try anyone out. Like, who's the backup right side for Italy? They don't have one. It's, they, it's, like it's Fabrizio Gironi, who's literally an outside hitter. They have five outside hitters, and sometimes they put him in on the right in a 6-2. But, like, he, they did bring him in briefly, and he was terrible. Uh, 0 for 3 with, with him getting blocked once. Like, they, they actually do not have a backup opposite on their team. Yeah. And so that's where things get a, a little worrisome. Who was... Who was the really good guy this year for um, 
um, Taranto. Oh, Tommaso Stephanie. Yeah, I'm not sure Stephanie. what's going on with him. Yeah, where where's yeah, Stephanie? Where's like, yeah, you know, if, where's Panali even? Oh, well, Panali's hurt and he sucks. I know he's he also sucks, hurt. but okay, he, he hurts. Like, I know he sucks, but he's better than like Romano sucking. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it I was just a domination. <laughs> I think. I think the really you think uh, Penali being good is better than Romano sucking. I mean, yeah, I, guess, I actually I, do. Penali's awful. I, I mean, the the Sala kid is that Sala's the backup on Modena, him or this Bovalenta kid or yeah, Stephanie. I really would like to see like you. Why don't you have a backup opposite? It, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It, it doesn't make sense at all. But when the USA serves like this, when this team serves the way that they like only averaging three errors per set, that's when they give themselves the best chance to win, yeah. right? That's when they 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 go against and I you know what this VNL has changed my mind a little bit on Italy serve receive. I going into this VNL thought they had some of the most solid serve receive in the game, and it's clear to me that they don't. You know, like it's clear to me like Micheletto struggled, especially in this one. Only four percent perfect, thirty five percent positive, and he's getting the most most targets of of everyone. Balasso, you got to stay away from Balasso. Right, yeah, like, is really good. He's Blasso's he's he's really good. he's passing eighty percent positive right right now in uh, um in in this one. But when you start going at their outsides at Lavia at Micheletto, that's when they start to crack. Um, obviously, the U.S. didn't have that kind of success in the final. Otherwise, we may have seen maybe a closer result or a bit of a different result. But that, that to me was the big story of the game. U.S. just serving the crap out of that ball what's volleyball boys and girls it is serving and serve reception when you win that battle you win a lot of games serve pass focus awareness all right uh so that's it bracket one more time uh poland first united states second japan third italy fourth we already talked about the quarterfinals on our little surprise show that we did on friday which uh was uh, technically a little bit of a disaster because i was on the road in the middle of nowhere but i'm glad that we got one in i thought it worked okay so if you want yeah, to hear, about- I thought so too. Except for me grabbing the wrong XLR cable, and my mic kept yeah. on kept on cutting out every every two seconds. That was that was uh, that was annoying. So I apologize for that. Oh well. Uh, so yeah, we did talk about the quarterfinals already on Friday's show. So go check that out. Uh, Everett, any more takes about the 2023 Men's Volleyball Nations League? No, it was dope. Um, I'm kind of excited to know not watch volleyball for the next few days just to kind of decompress. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially, oh, big shout out to uh, Michael, who I ran into on Queen Street on Saturday night. I had finished working, had been at the bar a little bit, was going to a party, and some dude came out. He's like, "Yo, I love the podcast." So, Michael, shout out to you. Um, cool. th- thanks for thanks for watching. He like was he's like meeting. He's like, "Who do you think is going to win tomorrow?" And we 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 started to, we started chatting about it. Uh, drunk on the uh, this side of the road. I will say that I am two for two uh, in predicting. Yeah, dude, you're automatic. It's annoying. Um, <laughs> it's I find it is a lot easier to predict champions kind of in the finals when I don't have anything at stake. Like, there's no bias for me, right? There's there's nothing in my heart. Like if, like if there's if if Canada was good and was to make be making the finals, you know, it'd be hard for me to pick against them, right? In like the same way that like I I would be picking if I was American after all of this, I would have been picking picking the U.S. But I was just like right, like, and I like, did, what, I did do, what do people Poland. want from me? Obviously, I'm going to pick my team. Come on, absolutely. I did pick Poland to win last year as well, 
So I got, I got that wrong last year. Uh, and I'm pretty sure actually I picked Poland and Turkey last year as well. If, if I don't, if I remember correctly, I, I need, don't remember that. We need to start. We need to start having a predictions folder where we, we keep track of all of our predictions in the, in the drive here, Rob, because yeah, that'd be pretty fun. We, we need to start being able to go back to what we've done in the past because we've been doing this now for a year and a half. Hey, so it's, uh, I did not say France. How dare you in the chat imply that I thought that I thought my team was going <laughs> to lose in the quarterfinal? What are you talking about? No, I, I I said the United States over Poland three to one in the final. That was my pick. Go check the records. How dare you in, imply that I pick against my country? Get out of here. Anytime the U.S. is in the final, if, if there's like even moat, if it's even like kind of reasonable that the U.S. has a chance to win, I'm going to pick 100%. them. Obviously, absolutely. What are we talking about here? Because then, like, what, what would happen if I didn't pick against my team and then they won? I would have to retire. That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. AVB Network would no longer want to um, <laughs> collaborate on, yeah. on Instagram posts with you. Hell, you might lose your citizenship, but yeah, uh, you can't come up here. We're not going to we're not going to give you one either. Um, you're just going to have to float around. Maybe go hang out in Poland or something. Oh, great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I th- I really think we need to start tracking all of our predictions and having like a predictions folder just so that like we can go back on them and have like a lifetime score between the two of us okay well let's no time like the present we have all our we picks should, for men's and women's vnl finals we, we should name bnic lethal ken for gender equality we actually there there were there were people in the in the discord calling Mateusz Biniak lethal Ken because Corner Luke is lethal Barbie. I really liked that. Speaking of which, uh, plug now for the Volleyball Source Discord. This is a, an incredible show numbers-wise for us. We've got a bunch of people watching. That's awesome. Make sure if you're not already that you get in the Volleyball Source Discord. It's the best and online like, chat community in the world. Like this. Like yeah. this video, guys. Yeah, yeah. We've, had, we've had 1,100 people tune in, which is, I think that's a record show. Like, like, a, a li- like we've done live watch-alongs for matches where we've had more people but that's just because i think it's people who are looking for a free stream on on youtube um, <laughs> yeah, whereas like this, the this, system on that one this is a record-breaking show we've had over 300 people tune in at well we've had over 1100 people tune in but peak concurrent of 300 is is pretty damn yeah, that's fantastic. a lot Big so number. toss us a like um support us go check out that volleyball.store look at that throwing up the asset right there use the code spicy to get 15 percent off your order right now is a good time as we prepare for all the continental championships happening um later later on this year but uh yeah toss us a like i don't i completely forget what we were talking about i just lost, well lost track. No, we, were, we were talking about that and we were going to talk about that volleyball.store it's exactly what i was getting to and and everybody knows now what comes after the, the, the that volleyball.store segment everett where's daddy let's go it's time it's time for where's daddy we actually are we actually have in the works we are working on a theme song for this segment so we're we're gonna we're gonna get something like that and we're we're gonna have it have it ready very very soon but this is the time of the show where we talk about the fact that somewhere somewhere in this episode daddy stankovich has been hidden and uh actually because we're pretty close to the end of the show we're going to talk about challenger cup very briefly but I, i will go ahead and tell you guys that daddy stankovich has already appeared Daddy Stankovic has already Don't appeared. Like that. Don't help them. I mean, they're, they're, he's certainly not going to have two terrible flash score bracket assets the rest of the show, and that's it. But so Daddy Stankovic has already appeared, and I'm not going to tell you where he was, but I will tell you on the last show that we did, not not on the Surprise Friday show, but on last Monday's show, 
in the celebrations. I'm actually trying to look at it right here. Yep, there he is. Right, the celebration Barbie with uh, the, the Polish women for winning bronze last uh, for women's VNL. You see right next to Lethal Barbie, there is Daddy Stankovic. And our friend Devin from the Volleyball Coverage Channel uh, commented, here's why Daddy and Lethal Barbie are the best middle blocker duo in the world, which is hilarious. <laughs> so good one there. Also, John Lau actually did catch that uh, briefly much earlier in the show. Daddy appeared even before the, the, the main segment where we talked about Poland. So good job, you guys. Last show, you found Daddy Stankovic. Try and find him again. And when you do in this show, comment in the main YouTube comments after the stream is over the timestamp of where Daddy Stankovich is. And if you're the first one to do that, you'll get a shout-out next week. You'll, yeah, absolutely get a shout-out. Um, I, I do agree. We need that uh, that theme music soon. Yeah, our, our friend Joel is working on it for us. I, I It's actually my job. I, I owe her a, a bunch of our previous Daddy Stankovich assets that um, from my incredibly talented Photoshop skill. Honestly, your Photoshop weeks. skills have been getting pretty good with all, with all of these. Thank you. I'm, I, I've started even being able to like to do a little bit of color matching, and I'm getting, uh, getting pretty sophisticated with hiding Daddy Stankovich places. So, uh, yeah, get, see where he is on this show. Uh, here's a just kind of an example of the sort of place where I might ha- hide Daddy Stankovich. Uh, this this is a fun one in the Polish women, and I think that's it for VNL and Everett. That means uh, that we have a big summer of international volleyball to look forward to, but it starts with one of the stupidest tournaments. The volleyball challenge. Well, why is it? Why is it stupid? Because I mean, we don't really need to watch it until the finals when we do. When we okay. actually see, it's, well, then it's not stupid. It's just we're not we're not really going to watch it. It's it's one hundred percent necessary. It's not it a useless necessary. tournament. It's not the World Cup or like the Grand Champions Cup or any of these garbage other tournaments that were just made up to give Japan some volleyball content um, and power <laughs> volleyball. You know, a chance to stay relevant for the next ten years. But like. I, I, I fully agree. Am I going to be watching Colombia versus Kenya in the quarterfinals? Hell no. no. Right? No. no, no, absolutely not. Um, the fact that you've got Ukraine, Croatia, and France all on the same side of the bracket, I think is absolutely terrible. Um, like Colombia and Kenya, Mexico versus Sweden. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's a very important tournament because of the qualifications. Like it means that whoever wins this, goes to the goes to vietnam this year that's why that's right. i think the importance is, is massive for that so uh the, both men's and women's challenger cups are this weekend uh the women's challenger cup will be in laval france it starts on thursday uh here's the bracket yeah like you said so france is the host ukraine versus croatia croatia got relegated from vnl this year uh those are three pretty good teams on that side of the bracket and but then sweden uh, will on Isabel Hawk alone will easily get to the final on the other side of the bracket. So um, Sweden against whoever they're going to play actually will be a match that's kind of worth watching. So this starts on Thursday, um, two of the quarterfinals Thursday, two Friday, then semifinals Saturday, and medal matches on Sunday. Pretty quick tournament. Then uh, on the men's side in Doha, Qatar, all four of the quarterfinals are on Friday. Uh, we've got Tunisia versus Chile, Ukraine versus China, Turkey versus the Dominican Republic, and Qatar versus Thailand. Then semifinals Saturday and medal matches Sunday. I think both uh, Ukraine and Turkey are going to be the two favorites to go back to the final in this one. Um, well, let's let's be honest. The whole whole tournament is the bottom half of the bracket. Yeah, exactly. Right, like like Turkey, Ukraine, and China. That's it. Right, and so which, whichever one of those teams goes to the final will win the final. Yeah, like what is it, Tunisia, Chile? Yeah, no chance. Like they're they're 
none of those teams will will be able to contend with whichever of uh, Turkey, Ukraine, or China gets to the final. Yeah, poor Ukraine, man. They have a tough draw. Like China, I know China got relegated from VNL, but they're not they're not that bad. They're not, not as terrible. Not as bad as the Croatian women. And uh, they've got Zhang Jingyin, who might be the best player overall in this tournament. Like he's amazing. So Ooh, Plotnitsky. Yeah, Ole and uh, Adis Lagumja, and like so if, if if these teams actually bring all their all their all their players, it, there could be some pretty good volleyball played. Like Ukraine and Turkey both made the playoffs in the World Championship last year, and Ukraine won a game. They they, they were they were top eight in, in the tournament. So there there might be some good volleyball on on the men's side in the Challenger Cup a little bit earlier than the final. So yeah, one of these teams is going to get a VNL spot. Um, all these matches are on Volleyball World TV if you really want to watch them, but. Uh, Personally, I, I will be uh, enjoying a couple days of not having to watch six hours of volleyball a day. I might tune in to whatever that semifinal is between Ukraine and, and or like Turkey and whoever wins the Ukraine China match. I might, might I might keep it on in the background. Where is this going on? You said Qatar. Yeah, it's going on in Qatar. So the times aren't bad. I think it'll be like eight or nine a.m. in the morning for the yeah, semifinals. Get a coffee. Have a nice little scone. You know, watching volleyball, read the paper. Like, it's not bad for that. It's not terrible. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, um, we'll we'll have some takes on next week's nine by nine if there happen to be any uh, any huge storylines coming out of this. But yeah, we will have we will know our our full fields for next year's VNL after these tournaments this weekend. So I, th- I honestly kind of think that's it for Challenger Cup. Um, we'll we'll figure out when exactly next week's nine by nine is going to be. But mm-hmm. before that. Tomorrow, we're going to do a report cards video for men's VNL, just like we did for last week's women's VNL. We had, we had a really good time giving out some grades. I had a great time giving out some Fs. That was very fun. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to give some letter grades to all 16 men's VNL teams. We're going to do that tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to it. Are, are there going to be any Fs on the men's side? Honestly, maybe not. Not nearly it's to like, the extent that they were on the as, women's side. Just as you're saying it, I was just kind of going through my mental state of what was men's VNL, and even China, I don't think deserves an F. No, like, I don't think China deserves an F. I, mean, I don't think. Uh, hmm. I mean, like Germany Cuba. was pretty bad. Cuba. Fuck Cuba. <laughs> I don't even think Cuba or like Germany. I don't think they deserve an F. I don't think Canada deserves an F. Like that. Even like France, France underwhelmed expectations pretty badly, but even they don't deserve an F. So uh, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. I think it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot more nuanced. Yeah, they did. Come on, it's going to be a lot more nuanced than the women's ones where I was. I was giving out Fs left and right, and then I had a good time doing it. (laughs) Should we make our own dream teams for VNL? Sure. I mean, I I I can make mine right now. Uh, My mine would be. Janusz at setter, Shoji at libero, Shlivka and, and Ishikawa at outside hitters, Kaczmarek at opposite, Biniak at middle, and Smith at middle. Like that, that's mine. I'm trying to think if I disagree with that at all. No, not really. If yeah, I was to I make mean, a second team, I'd put um, Miyaura on, on the right side. Um, I think he had a bigger impact for Japan than Anderson had, like consistently than Anderson had. Uh, Miyaura, who well, else? Kachmark was better than both of them. Kachmark won pole in the tournament. No, for a second team. 
Oh, a second team. Okay. Yeah, like a, like a second a second team All Stars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, Kashmara. Like, I fully agree with I fully agree with your with your All Stars. I'd probably say Mio Mio Ura, um, maybe Jaishki in there as well. Yeah, I think Jaishki's um, really good. He's really good. Do you want to go like maybe a Leon? Maybe, yeah, maybe not actually. We can maybe talk about it on tomorrow's show, but uh, well, yeah, we we will be back tomorrow. It's going to be fun to give out some letter grades and put a bow on the VNL. But, but uh, yeah, eleven a.m. again. Yeah, yeah, eleven a.m. Eastern, Eastern time. Yep, let's do it. So it's going to be fun. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We've had a big summer of VNL coverage here on the Volleyball Source Channel. I mean, we were in Ottawa. It feels like forever ago. We did a bunch of videos, done a bunch of content. It's been awesome, and we're going to keep it going throughout the rest of the summer. We've got continental championships got olympic qualifiers later on uh we're not slowing down so uh you're in the right place for the best volleyball coverage in the world make sure you join the discord and we'll be back uh, with uh yeah the video tomorrow will be fun nine by nine next week um you're in the right place thanks for watching awesome thanks thanks for tuning in you're right Eero was robbed from the uh from the all-star team 100 <laughs> percent no, that that's a uh, yeah. Clearly, clearly belongs to Jagoris Wilmot, the second best setter. Is there is Duh. there any other team that has such a stark drop off from their starting setter to their backup setter between Sakita to Eero? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. Like no, when Sakita's out there, I was like, oh, this dude's a magician. He's a Bob Ross painting out there, so good. And then Eero, like I feel like I could walk into a coed gym. <laughs> within a kilometer of my house and find setter who's better than him like what <laughs> what is going on there seriously like hell Ouch. it's bringing an anime character like kageyama where are you because Iro is not it Ouch. <laughs> oh man and on that note uh thanks for watching you guys it's been a good show been a good vnl we'll be back tomorrow for the report cards video stay tuned for that we'll see you in the discord